Hello, ferns. Welcome to the pod. Today, Nikki is whiny and yet refreshingly fruity. Caroline tells you how to fix probos with your tamuti. Dan's tree complaints are very deep and rooty. Welcome to Vernon North. Shake your booty, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, we're here for another episode of Vernon North. Uh, and... Last time, I was sassy to Randy, and I didn't ask Randy what he was up to. So, Randy, what, what's not, what's wrong with your life? What's going on? I just, I just like to say, you didn't do it, like, maliciously to, like, Randy, no one wants to hear you. You're just, like, so, like, oh, everybody just told me, like, nothing. <laughs> Zero. Zilch. I was feeling defeated, okay? <laughs> you know, it was a very defeating moment. Everyone was like, yeah, whatever, Caroline. Uh, no. <laughs> You really let me hang my ass out on that one, team. Yeah, Mr. Kansas City here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dan. I think, yeah, I think that's all Dan's fault because he's the one who started it by just that's forgetting true. he went Swing on vacation. <laughs> just like the Kansas City Royals. Oh. Ah, uh, burn. Oh. That's okay. Uh, no, I took a road trip in like late July to early August where we went out to Rapid City, saw the folks. Rapid City, South Dakota, that is. And then we went camping up in the Rockies near Denver. Uh, and we had a friend's wedding in Golden, Colorado. Uh, got into a car accident there, which wasn't cool. Um, but no one was hurt. Nothing too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you find out about your car? Um, well, yeah, it's like $27 worth of damage. And, ah. But it's not total worth yet. Well, they still have to get into it and figure out if the frame's bendy-wendy. If the frame's bendy-wendy, then it's probably total. But we'll see. Owning homes and cars mm-hmm. both blow. Yeah, no, good thing we just rent the house at least, and we own the car now. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, otherwise, not too much else. I caught a awesome band, Peter the Lion, last night, and that was fun. Where were they at? Uh, they were at Fine Line Music Cafe in downtown. Ooh. Yeah, nice. it was packed house, so it was good. Nice. Uh, so Dan, is it a cafe? Hold on. <laughs> I've been there a couple times, and it's just like a music venue. Yeah, I think they just say that. Like, I don't, I don't think there's really like you know the essence of a cafe in there. It's you just a bar. It's just a bar. They might have a coffee pot in the back yeah. or something. Or... I think upstairs is more loungy, so okay. I don't know if that's the deal. But music cafe sounds boutiquey. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, it does. Yeah, so I mean they have indie artists there a lot, so that's kind of like their smaller venue as yeah. opposed to First Ave Ave. Which is same ownership, I believe. So, oh. yeah. So it's their like hip cool bar compared to First Ave, which is hip and cool, but with way more people. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I want, I want, I want to go there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it was nice. Uh, yeah, Dan, you ruined my life when you didn't tell me about your trip to Kansas City. Yeah, I I took a trip to Kansas City. Um, work <laughs> for a couple of days i don't know i don't do a whole lot when i go there <laughs> i sit in a cubicle you know for did you a day. knit in the hotel again uh my knitting project is sitting in a bag in a closet in my house that's called so a ufo unfinished object yeah that's thank you accurate. ravelry community but, but i've got the next one already lined up <laughs> i'm gonna make another i'm gonna make another one a hat and then a, and then a sweater and i think this this time I'm gonna finish it in one in one go. My problem this time with the the sweater that I'm knitting now is that it's in multiple pieces. 
So it's like each piece of the sweater is like a flat. Welcome to Verdant North, the knitting podcast. Sweater podcast. Where Dan cuts his beard hair and turns it into a fancy cowl. <laughs> that would take so long. Dan, Dan is part sheep, by the way, so he just shaves. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, yeah. hey, let's drink, friends. We need this. We're all... We're all just trying to feel buzzed. We're just trying to get through life. Oh, we've got a problem. This, this thing called life. Uh, Nikki, what are we drinking? We are drinking a sangria. Mm. Now, I don't know much about the history of sangrias. I know, like, moms around the world seem to love them. Because um, basically, they're fruit and wine and a little bit of liquor and a little bit of sugar. So it's kind of the same concept as I know I've talked about punches before. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this one, I had a very long day today and stressful day. So I was just finding stuff that was in my kitchen. And so I found a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc, which works great for a sangria because I want something a little bit of acid, not too much, not too sweet, a little bit of fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. And um, I also had sitting around uh, this random lychee flavored vodka because I have stuff like that in my house. Um and then I was like, oh, lychee is a flavor that comes out a lot in Sauvignon Blanc. Actually, I don't think about that much at the time. I just thought of it now. So I was like, that's part of that flavor profile for New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. So, all right, that worked perfect. You got a survival instinct for booze. You're just yes. like, oh, no, oh, yeah. I know uh, it. Oh, and you're yeah. like, that's oh, yes. why I did that. Oh, yes. Yep, totally. That's, <laughs> that is why my company pays me money, because I can do stuff like that. <laughs> and then I had some of one of my rhubarb syrups left over. It was like a rhubarb ginger i think and so so i did just poured a Mm. bottle of wine regular size bottle not the big one um quarter cup of the lychee vodka you could use um like an orange liqueur brandy whiskey kind of whatever you want um and then about a quarter cup of the syrup and then a bunch of fruit so Carolyn brought a variety of berries. There were some sort of leaves I put in there. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> Cut up something that looked like a peach and just threw it all in a pitcher and uh, threw in a can of berry LaCroix. And this is this is the outcome. So stuff that I found around. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Plastic glasses clink, don't clink. clink. Yeah, just kinda. I'm going to have to buy some really sound effective glasses for us to use. But this is tasty. <laughs> another picture another picture yep um i can really taste the lychee in this i was you know i was drinking what is it and then you started talking about lychee and i'm like bing 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 mm-hmm. that's exactly what's going on here so that really comes through mm-hmm. and a little kind of tip for like when you're trying to pick up flavors and stuff and if you can't quite pinpoint it go for big flavor groups so like i would always start off with tropical fruit Okay. Before you pinpoint which one, because that way, if you're not quite sure, you can be like, oh, it's tropical fruit. It's stone fruit. It's kind of, so you kind of give that overall thing, so you kind of really sound like you know what you're talking about, (laughs) and then you can kind of hone it in a little bit. The leaves that I hooked you up with uh, were lemon balm, so those are the ones that, like, smell kind of like Fruity Pebbles, and they have a little bit of a a minty flavor to them, Um, very aromatic. So I didn't sniff the sangria, but... Yep, they smelled really good, so I threw them in the pitcher. Yeah, so. I, I like those. We could totally have thrown some of those. I brought some uh, lemon-flavored marigolds, those little gem marigolds. We could have floated those in here and been bougie as nice. F. Balls. <laughs> that would have been really good. But this is really good. It's very yes. tasty. I can't wait till we have clinky glasses. Yes. I, I've said this I know more than once this season. This is how... 
I need to write this on my hand with a Sharpie or something for <laughs> so I remember. We're working on it. We're working on it. Or we could just have two glasses. Yeah, and just And of, not drink out of them, yes. but just make the sounds. Yeah, and then that know. way no one has to do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Corey, you're going to be my webmaster and then also the glass clinker. Okay, I'm a Foley artist now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan. Yeah? I heard you know something about ferns. Oh, you know what? A little bit. <laughs> so I wanted to <laughs> wanted to uh, bring up the topic of ferns because I think they are often left out of garden planning. Underrated. They are very underrated. Um, people don't really think of them. They think of perennials. They think of annuals. They think of flowers. They think of trees, shrubs. And that's it. What about your ferns? What about the ferns? Ferns. What the fern? Ferns give you lush green foliage. They can give you interesting textures in your garden, um, especially and almost exclusively uh, where you've got shade. Mm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you've got a deep shade part of your yard, like the north side of your house, let's say, or if you have, if you live out in the suburbs and you've got like a wooded lot. Mm-hmm. in your backyard or whatever and that's that's pretty much totally shaded ferns will go nuts in there um it's a great way to just kind of like green up the area um i feel like they should just be like a standard thing in the back of every house like the north side of every house should just be like <laughs> every house ferns. has ferns out back <laughs> the fern side of the house <laughs> is what it should be called is it called the fern gully <laughs> not yet but it could be <laughs> Dream big, Randy. Dream big. (laughs) (laughs) So ferns like rich soil. um, So they like if you turn a lot of like compost or wood mulch Mm -hmm. into the soil or if you just put um, compost and wood mulch on the top of the soil. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of those are going to act to retain moisture in the soil, which is what the ferns want. Fur to ferns. They want moisture. You often see them... In kind of swampy areas, um, for exactly that reason. Like um, your butt. <laughs> <laughs> if a fern could grow on the human body, that's where it would grow on the butt. A butt fern. The gully. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're so mature. <laughs> Gotta dream big. <laughs> Oh, that wine's kicking in. Here we go. Now we're lively. <laughs> now we're li- <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> so the two, like the two pro tips uh, that I've kind of gathered for growing ferns are one, the moist soil, mm-hmm. or yes, in, in your fern gully, or and and or um, having a cool root zone. So mm-hmm. making sure that mm-hmm. the roots don't get cooked, so it's not going to get like direct sun. It, they don't. They don't tend to appreciate that. Uh, a couple of highlight ferns, um, just to throw out some ideas for you. One that's super cool is called the Japanese painted fern. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, grows yeah. in zones uh, three through eight. Perfect. So it's we can grow it here hey, in. That's me. Minneapolis. Um, yeah, and it also grows throughout the season. The painted fern does. Japanese painted fern. What so color it's is that fern? Many colors. 
So it's sort of like <laughs> it's like a sil it's like whitish silvery and and like a and like a light green or a deep uh, I don't know it, it it changes color like as the fronds wow. age or whatever and it's also wow. got like red stripes in it. it looks super cool. Wow. Super cool fern. Anyway, everyone go out and get one of those. There's also the maidenhair fern, uh, which has got like a black. Um, sort of stem mm-hmm. along the middle of the frond, and then it's it's got like a really interesting texture that I believe is native. Ooh, yeah. So Double bonus cool. points for natives, friends. Those can grow up to zone two. Wow, crazy. Who Talk- knew? Talking to you, Ontario. Hey, um, hey, hey. Have you heard? Have you heard the good news about ferns? <laughs> <laughs> They have. Welcome <laughs> well, to they have now, Jesus. anyway. Stick them, on, stick them on your north side. <laughs> on your fern gully. Um, ostrich fern is another one I wanted to mention. Those These, are big, aren't they're they? They're huge. Yeah, they can grow like two to, I don't know, four feet, maybe five feet. The fronds can get really big. Um, they grow almost vertically. They're, they're super cool. And those are the ones that usually when you see... Um, Someone's house who's got like a lot of someone who's just like goes crazy with their ferns. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have ostrich ferns. Mm-hmm. They're very common, commonly used ornamental, and they're big, so they're they're showy. Those um, I know spread real easy. They too. do. Like yep. those yep. are gonna take off in your yard and run all over. Yes. So if you're looking to establish your own north side fern gully on your house, pick up a couple ostrich ferns, and then a couple of years. You'll be in good shape. <laughs> and then a couple more years and you'll be cursing everything. Too many <laughs> yeah, ferns. Like, you'll be like, oh, they're taking over. Uh, um, I definitely want to get some of those like painted ferns that come in kind of like a purpley color with yeah. the silver frost to yes. it. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's the Japanese painted fern. You can also get a variety that's like ghost. I think it's called a ghost fern. And that's like a crossbreeding of Japanese painted fern with something else. I forget what, but that's a much more silvery colored. Spooky. Yeah, that's a, that's a scary fern, Halloween fern. <laughs> so that one's the scariest. So there's fern. one more. There's one more that I wanted to mention that's uh, that I think is is worth mentioning. Lay it on me. That is the staghorn or elk horn fern. Ooh. So this is actually one big genus. Um, called Platycerium. He's got such a big genus. <laughs> next to his pinus. <laughs> next to his pinus. Yeah. Uh, there are 18 species of fern in this, in this genus. Uh, they are epiphytes. So if you go to um, like a conservatory or a botanical garden, you'll commonly see these in like the um, fern area, like up on a piece of wood. That's or like fighting words. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be like tied to a tree or something like that. And they'll be like growing out of the side of the tree. Um, they look like they're shaped. They're called, they, they get the name from like they're shaped like elk horns they're really or, cool or i like your antlers or whatever yeah there's elk horn and staghorn and they both have slightly different shaped fronds and uh they get huge they're they're awesome yeah. down south so you can't really have them outside around no, here no they're not gonna grow outside but you can keep them indoors yeah you can have them indoors i have two staghorns and two bird's nest ferns so four ferns that i need to mount onto yeah. something cool uh, Cause right now they're just like 
I, two of them are in Kokodama and two of them are in the pots that they came in. Yeah. And my cat bites them. So Dude, <laughs> get like a long branch Wouldn't from that be the neat? woods or something. Yeah, put them all on like one big branch and then you can have like a vertical. Like... Find me a branch, Dan. <laughs> yeah. You're the man who knows his wood. <laughs> Indeed. Find me some of that twisty ass burr oak. <laughs> Anyway, that's. <laughs> if we will end on know. that note. Anyways, that's a show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> a twisty wood note. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of what I had for ferns as far as fern talks go. I ferns. am drinking on my fiddlehead glass. Ooh. Yeah, real fern related. Think about them. Um, yeah, people eat fiddlehead ferns all the time. I love them. They're delicious. Fry right. them up. They like asparagus. What do they like? Pretty much, a li- like yeah, like a little more pliable asparagus. Like mm. yeah, mm. they're good to pickle. <laughs> yeah, a pickled fern. Yeah, delicious. So grow all the ostrich ferns and then eat the baby shoots and pickle them. We can pickle that. Uh, grow a fern gully, and yeah, that. I feel good about that. Do you want me to start a, a part of the podcast called We Can Pickle That? <laughs> <laughs> or Fern Gully. I think you should. <laughs> we can pickle that. I think so. Let's do that. Friends, I need to tell you what I see on the internet all the time. Gross. All the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need to put the parental controls on. I'm talking about tomato problems. Tomato problems. <laughs> problems with your tomatoes. I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually after the Fern Gully episode. Uh, I have, uh, I'm in lots of Facebook groups and Reddit groups and following people on the Twitter, etc. Um, and people keep having problems with their tomatoes. And so I was going to address two tomato problems here and I'll try to keep it moving for you. Um, the two problems I see all the time are blossom end rot, and that's where your tomato has, like, a leathery flat spot on the bottom. I believe we've talked about it maybe once before, but since I've seen 500 more people ask about it, I figured it was worth revisiting. Uh, problem number two is when the tomato plant starts looking like junk, and you got the blight. Mm. So... These are two completely different kinds of problems caused by two completely different situations. Starting with blossom end rot. That is not a disease. That is a nutrient deficiency. So basically when the bottom of your tomatoes looks like brown and rotty and you know flat and leathery and you're like, what the heck's going on? It means your tomato plant is not getting enough calcium at critical points during fruit development. And that doesn't mean that you need to add calcium to your soil. It's actually probably you're not watering correctly. And that's why people with tomatoes in little pots keep having problems with their tomatoes. They'll get like one or two and they'll both look like junk on the bottom. And they're like, oh, what what happened? It's because small pots are hard to keep watered. I had that problem. You pointed it out to me. And I just water more consistently now. Is it better? Do the new fruits look better? The new fruits look better. That's uh, that's yeah. a cool thing. Is blossom end rot's not a disease, so it's not contagious huh. to other plants. And usually will only affect the early fruits of the plant. 
So you can just, you know, fix your watering habits, keep an eye on it, and you'll still probably get some fruit out of the situation. It's not a lost cause. So, hey, that's a good news situation. Um, So things that can cause those nutrient deficiencies are fluctuations in soil moisture, too dry, too wet, your plant can't get what it needs. Uh, too much fertilizer, too much nitrogen fertilizer when the plant has fruits on the vine. Because then if you add nitrogen to your plant, you're telling it to put on leaves instead of work on its fruit. So the plant redirects its energy and starts to abort the fruit. And that's why the bottoms get yucky. Um, Injury to the roots. So if you break off a bunch of the roots, something happens, that can cause a nutrient problem for you too. So think about next year, if you keep having this problem, think about a bigger container or growing in a raised bed. You can also choose some varieties that are more resistant to blossom end rot, such as Mountain Delight, which sounds like off-brand Mountain Dew. (laughs) Uh, Old Brooks or Wisconsin 55. Uh, Those are three different varieties. There's there's at least a dozen varieties out there that are more resistant to this problem. So choosing stuff that can you know, help you with something you have an issue with. Choose varieties that work with what you're working with. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Wisconsin 55 sounds like a steak sauce, too. It does. It does. Why do I feel like it has cheese in it, too? I don't know. It's Wisconsin. I'm fine with that. Uh, (laughs) um, But you can't, if you have a tomato with blossom end rot on the bottom, yes, it is edible. You can still cook it. You can just slice the yucky part off on the bottom, eat the rest of it. They're just not good for canning anymore. Mm, And we don't talk too much about canning here, but basically I'm saying you can still eat it as usual. Um, Yeah. So the second problem I was going to talk about is blight in tomatoes. And that's something that doesn't affect just the fruits. That's something that affects the whole plant's system the the stems and the leaves all that stuff and tomato blight is a result of fungus there's two different kinds of uh blight that are common early blight and late blight and they have real hard to pronounce uh scientific names i really thought i was gonna be like fancy like dan and pronounce the scientific names of things (laughs) and i wrote them down with such bad handwriting (laughs) that i'm afraid to even read them in front of you you're just gonna laugh at me uh, Alternaria solani? Yeah, question mark? Sure. Uh, and Phytophantra infestans, mm. which translates to plant destroyer. <laughs> and that one's actually the late blight. So um, these, these diseases affect tomatoes and potatoes. Um, early blight is symptomatic. You can tell with uh, the concentric ring spots on the lower leaf areas. Uh, late blight has like big yucky blue gray spots all over Um, but they're I mean they're kind of hard for me to tell apart I'm not a pro at uh, fungal diseases just yet there's still room to grow Uh, (laughs) so what do you do you have blight what you're gonna do with your clean sterilized scissors or snippers whatever you're going to cut off all of the bad looking plant And then you're going to get rid of all of that foliage in a garbage bag. You're not going to compost that. You're going to sterilize your scissors, move on to the next plant. You're increasing your air circulation, and you're going to protect your plant from the leaves getting wet. And that's going to slow things down for you as best you can. 
Um, you can use a copper fungicide, um, but copper is a heavy metal. So as usual, always follow the directions. Always. Uh, let's see. I'm reading things. Oh, this is also uh, really important to rotate your crops. Like, don't plant potatoes in the spot you just had tomatoes this year, especially if your tomatoes got sick. Those don't are, put tomatoes there either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You want to move it around, shake things up, because that gives time for each, each let's say you're working with a few raised beds. That's going to give you time for each of your raised beds to... Uh, cycle through and get rid of the fungal diseases that are going to cause you all the problems. Yeah, that is, that's my story on two different tomato problems and what you can do about them. Boom, mic drop. (laughs) Please don't drop the mics. Okay. Pick it back up. (laughs) We don't make enough money to replace these mics. (laughs) Well, hey, I think you had some trees you wanted to complain about today, Dan. Is uh, that... Just one. Just one? Yeah. Okay. So today's uh, tr- today's tree of the month is... Tree of the day of the month. Bam, 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 bam. The tree, <laughs> the tree <laughs> of, of, of the pod is <laughs> silver maple. Silver maple? But that sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. You'd think, oh, wow, it sounds expensive. Or something, <laughs> but no, they're they're not. They're crappy. Like Gold maple is more expensive, right? <laughs> Golden <laughs> maple. Yes. What about hmm, platinum sure. maple? I mean, if you sell more records, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scientific name of silver maple is Acer saccharinum, and you might be thinking saccharat. That that sounds like sugar, right? Oh, sugar mm. maple is Acer saccharum. Sir Saccharum. This is Acer Saccharinum. Clearly, two different trees here. Obviously. (laughs) Uh, To get things back on track, the silver maple is a fast-growing, crappy nuisance tree. How fast is it? It grows... uh, A 10-year sapling would be about 25 feet tall. Uh, It grows up to be about 50 to 80 feet tall and about 35 to 50 feet wide. Wow. Uh, it can be pretty from afar, like if it's not on your property, you know, if you don't have to deal with it. Cause the ro- <laughs> so this tree is just uh, just a piece of <laughs> 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 The roots grow like right up on the surface, and so you can't grow grass Right under up it. your gully. <laughs> <laughs> right up your fern gully. And so whenever you're like mowing your lawn, you'll be hitting these roots. And like, you're, you know, people running around, if you, if you want to be barefoot in your yard, forget about it. Because you're going to step on these, like, gnarly knobs and stuff from this tree because the roots are all so close to the surface. It's, it's very irritating. Ouch! Thistle. That's Ouch! A... Root knot. Ouch! Dog shit. <laughs> That's a gnar bra. Yeah, exactly. And so the other thing about these trees is they grow really fast, and so they grow like kind of like a cottonwood where they grow super fast, um, but that means that they're very weak. The wood itself is really brittle. So, just like you wouldn't plant a cottonwood in your yard, you would not plant a silver maple because it's going to grow really fast, yeah, but then it's going to, you know, a big branch is going to come down in a storm and smash your house. No! Yeah. Homeownership blows. (laughs) (laughs) Sucks! Anyway, these trees, I just can't say enough bad things about them. 
they have lame, <laughs> lame <laughs> fall color. It's just like a pale yellow. Actually, I shouldn't dig on it for that because I love Populus tremuloides, the quaking aspen, and those are also a pale yellow, but I think it's like a pretty yellow. Double standard. Yeah, I, I guess I'm just hypocritical. Um, the leaves do have like a silvery kind of underside. Okay. And so some people kind of like them for that, but they commonly get like gall. They'll have like leaf gall because like bugs will lay their eggs in them, and so they look like really ugly. Um, the leaves are very deeply... Um, palmate they're very deeply lobed um so if you think you of like and the lobes <laughs> again yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're describing you a leaf gonna... that's that's more than just like a a simple J-lobe lips or something over yeah here they ha- you would describe about... it as having lobes <laughs> would you not lisa lobes? am i wrong <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's a kind of a distinctive leaf shape. Um, it produces samaras in the spring, mm-hmm. and those are the seeds, like the helicopter seeds. And they're called samaras? Yeah, and that's just the uh, fruit type that is, um, it has like a whirly gig. It's like an air dispersal whirly gig thing. Yeah. Um, what else did I want to bash about these trees for? <laughs> They're dumb, smell They're bad. stupid. Is there anything good about these trees? They're brittle. Uh, actually, yes. So one thing that's good about them, their bark grows in these sort of like vertical stripes. And if you peel the bark, it peels off in these very satisfying strips that you can peel off the trunk. Oh, it's like popping air bubble packets almost. Like you're getting a nervous tick out. Yeah, and so like if you want to damage the tree before you take it down, you could go and like strip strip the bark off. The good thing is killing the tree is fun. (laughs) I was going to say, hey, have you ever tortured a tree? This is the tree to torture. If it's real weird tree violence, you're advertising. <laughs> it has one good use. It is so much fun to torture. Just make sure you have the right tree. You don't. You wouldn't want to do this to like a cedar or like an innocent tree, a good, like oak <laughs> yeah. tree. Yeah. Dan, what if I told you I have a silver maple tree? <laughs> I love some of its skin starts to disappear. I think you know what happened there. But Dan took out the battery pack with the, the clamps on. He's going to go just hook it up to that tree. So, but, but, but I have it actually in a pot. Oh, it was interesting. It was like a weedy volunteer tree that yeah. popped up, and I was like, hmm, I'm going to dink around with bonsai. And oh. I have not. Uh, Used it in like a small enough bonsai container. I yeah. actually have it in probably like a five gallon mm-hmm. container. Mm-hmm. So now it's like this movable, vertical, interesting pot <laughs> with sedums growing on its feet. And it gives me some height interest. And I don't care if it dies at all. It, That's it a good way to survive to use like that plant. three winters. In this stupid <laughs> pot, and I neglect it. I just don't even care about it. And that's how it should be. <laughs> that's you know, how it should be. Because you don't want to put effort into this tree <laughs> and then still have to like suffer, you know, because of it. No, as soon like I will never repot this tree. It's just, it's just like a convenient, fun, upright structure for me to work with at this Brilliant. point. Brilliant. <laughs> 
don't let Dan babysit it or it or whatever. If you need someone to watch it, like, did you strip my tree? What yeah. the heck? Get a nanny cam in there. You can just watch him yelling at it. You're good for nothing. Smacking it around a little bit. You idiot tree. Brutal, brutal, Dan. I also, when I was uh, designing for this brewery patio, I stuck some really cheap maple trees into the giant planters just so I could get some vertical out of it. Mm. And I think like half of them survived the winter and the neglect of a brewery that doesn't care about its plants. So that was interesting. Because then you got stuff for like birds and bugs and stuff to sit on and a little bit of shade and some things to move in the wind. So when you're in the middle of a parking lot, Consider consider this maple in a pot and yell at it. <laughs> Make sure it knows its place. Because <laughs> we all know plants love when you talk to them. Right? Right? Positive? Negative? Does Do it matter? I don't know. I don't know. Studies for another time, I and think. another thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, that's a whole episode. Thank you for listening. Randy, roll the credits. Thanks for listening to Verdant North. Find our blog post online at verdantnorth.net. You can find us on Twitter at Verdant North, and you can find us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. If you want to contact us but hate social media, you can email us at verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. You can hear this podcast through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Don't forget to like, rate, comment, and share the podcast. The more likes, ratings, comments we receive, the more visible this podcast becomes. Let's hang out on social media, friends. Find mm. us. Yep. Interact. Uh, listen to our podcast, please. please. Something, anything. <laughs> Hello? Be our friend. We just want to hang out. Unless you're a silver maple, and then you can fuck right off. <laughs> yeah, guys, eat a bag of dicks. Come on. Get together, silver maples. Uh, we don't pay for advertising. We don't have any networks backing us. So sharing the show with your friends and family is the only way we get heard, especially by yelling at your tree. You Share us with so- your fucking family. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> Quit germinating, you dick. Uh, if if you like what you're listening to and feel like contributing, you can donate to us at ko-fi.com backslash Verdant North. That's K-O slash uh, dash F-I.com slash backslash Verdant North. I'm going to do that again. K-O dash F-I.com backslash Verdant North if you want to support us yelling at trees. <laughs> You can find <laughs> Caroline Hallstrom on Twitter at Miss Zero Line. That's Miss O-Line. You can find Dan Hudson on Twitter at, at Vernon Dan and Shaming Some Trees. <laughs> uh, you can find Nikki Lyons on Instagram at Nikki underscore RM315. And you can find Corey Hartung on Twitter at, at Corey Hartung. You can find me on Twitter at Marlon underscore Rando and hear me on another podcast called Scattered Podcast. That's the thing. You can You don't have to. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> we're not yelling at trees on that enough I'll be honest with you uh, special thanks to Brie Edison and Dewey Vu for graphics and artwork and actually big thanks for Webmaster Corey Hartung happy birthday Corey yep. it was in June <laughs> <laughs> for making sure we exist on the web I'm going to clip that audio out and just going to insert it every episode <laughs> it's in June <laughs> as always a thanks to Minneapolis Band Volcanus for allowing us to use their tunes follow their hilarious video blog project on YouTube and listen to them and our tribal band Prozac Rat on Bandcamp YouTube and find them on Facebook thanks for listening and always remember it's okay to kill silver maples get them <laughs> <laughs> they don't deserve to live <laughs> <laughs>